So let's start off by talking about uh, a subject I found very funny uh, amongst all the... All the horrible things that are going on in the news these days, uh, you know, the riots, uh, the killings, uh, I in no way, shape, or form want to downplay it. Um, but amongst, you know, reviewing hours, seemingly uh, endless supply of, you know, video clips of people losing their minds in the United States, and of course, some of that... Some of that same uh, behavior migrating already uh, into Canada in the form of, you know, some looting in Montreal. Really ashamed to see a lot of the horrible uh, behavior going on out there. And, and I, I totally understand people are angry, and uh, that's clear. I just don't know uh, what destroying property uh, and, and, and putting good people um, out of business does for your cause. Um, you know, I uh, I understand uh, things have gone terribly wrong, and uh, I do believe that everybody's uh, entitled to their day in court. It, it does look bad. Uh, certainly, there's some uh, some interesting rumors floating around uh, in terms of what exactly uh, was the cause of death. And so, you know, there's there's still a lot of unanswered questions revolving around that matter, and uh, they do have people in custody, which is uh, good to hear, you know, for their own safety. Um, but, you know, on a lighter subject, and, and certainly one that made me kind of laugh a little bit, because there's not much to laugh at in, no. this, uh, in this situation. But while, while I'm watching, you know, the, the riots have been gradually escalating. And, you know, you could see that people are getting pulled out of trucks. You know, uh, I saw a guy get whacked on the head with a skateboard. It was pretty tough to watch. Um, you know, there, there are people getting very badly hurt and or, you know, uh, maimed and killed out, out there. But, and, but let's be clear. This is not in, in support of a cause. That, that's got nothing yeah. to do with supporting a cause. Um, I understand people's frustration. Nobody's going to question that. That's not when, when, when you go out and... and and, and and burn buildings down and throw rocks through windows and beat on people. That's not that's not in support of a cause. That's never in support of a cause. Anybody tries to tell you it is, they're full of shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the media isn't helping. You know, they're fanning the flames. Uh, I, I truly believe that most people are, are very good. I think some people might be uh, easily led uh, to do things that perhaps they wouldn't ordinarily. Uh, you know, but seeing widespread looting and, you know, pandemonium in the streets, uh, you know, when I look at that, you know, I just think, my God, from the perspective of uh, your rank and file uh, frontline police officer, what a nightmare, you know. Be pretty tough to tell the difference between, you know, the good guys and the bad bad guys at some point you know mistakes will get made on both sides i'm sure and uh, what a dangerous situation for all involved you know but you know while all this is going on you know we're seeing cars getting flipped over and you know horrible you know acts of uh, vandalism and violence uh, amongst all that right i see a little clip of a press conference because i guess uh, you know the um the riots have been escalating to the point where, like, you know, they're dropping off pallets of bricks in areas where the, the protesters are going to be known to pass. There's no construction. There's no there. construction. You know, I saw a great, there was a gentleman, he was awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll have to look him up. He's, uh, 
He's pointing at the camera and saying, you got to do better than this. There ain't no construction here. I ain't going to say what building this is, right? But he says, you dropping off a pallet of bricks here. You know, like, look at that stack of bricks. That just happens to magically appear at the site where there's going to be a protest. Like, I mean, come on, guys. You're going to have to do better, right? And, and I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, what asshole would provide bricks to a riot? And, and, of course, now the bricks have magically been showing up in residential areas. And there has been, uh, I've, I've noted, some call from the uh, some portion of the Antifa leadership to migrate to the residential areas, which, you know, um, certainly, you know, breaking windows in businesses and stealing things when nobody's really around to protect them, uh, that's one thing. But to confront people at, at, at the home level, if anybody convinces you that that's the right thing to do, I would suggest you, you walk away from them uh, right quick. Uh, but this one sheriff gets up and he talks about, uh, you know, his community. And he's not he's not an imposing man. He's not glaring at the camera. He's not intimidating. He's just he's just candidly speaking to the reporters. And he said, um, you know, this is Polk County. And we've heard, you know, rumor that the criminals, because he's not calling them rioters or protesters. That's the preferred, you know, he, or He's calling them criminals. If these criminals should happen to want to bring these, you know, damaging behaviors to our community, I can tell you uh, that that's a bad idea. You know, and and I'm thinking, oh man, he just said it. You know, it, it's like if you know, I'm going to tell you one thing about Polk County: people out there like their guns, and they own guns. And tonight, because of these rumors, they're going to be waiting in those homes with those guns loaded. Now, this is a you know this is a, a place in the United States certainly where they're entitled to uh, certain rights as in, enshrined in their constitution. Uh, the Second Amendment gives them the the right you know, to bear arms and for various reasons, and not the least of which is you know the protection of your own person and, and body and, and home. And, you know, there's some specific laws down there that are dedicated to it. Every person that's in their home is entitled to feel safe in their home. And uh, some of the behaviors exhibited by the rioters in the cities are, are to set things on fire, which would be a really bad idea in a place uh, that might be teeming with guns. And, of course, you know, those people um, are, are not going to allow you to uh, engage them on their property unchallenged. I really do hope that everybody keeps a cool head. Uh, I would suggest that anybody that uh, follows any kind of uh, rioting behavior out into the residential areas that you uh, you probably should not be there. Really a bad idea. The, the old the old cop in me uh, would, would say to you that that is very, very dangerous in the United States of America. Um, you know, people have a right to feel safe in their homes. They shouldn't have to worry about being burned out of their homes um, or attacked or, or killed. And, uh, you know, it's in American law that they're not going to just let you do that. And so it, it creates a, a very, a very uh, challenging situation. Uh, people that are out there in their homes are certainly going to feel uh, intimidated by anybody that comes there looking for trouble. 
anybody that goes out that way uh, might find themselves uh, face to face with a very unhappy resident should they decide to try and you know uh, rob them in their own homes. So anybody that thinks that's a good idea to go to a house, um, probably a really really bad idea. How, how do you feel about that, Coach? I'm going to bring you back in. Sorry. <clears throat> Coach is just throwing some wood on the fire. He's uh, <laughs> he's built another one. The, the, I swear, one of these days, we're going to have to get one of those grates where you can cook meats. I got Do you really? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. You know, that would be awesome. It, it, okay. So, with respect to the states, they start bringing it to the suburbs. Yeah. It, I guess in certain states, people are going to start dying. Well. Because if they, if they, start, <laughs> if they start trying to... You know, if they're trespassing on people's property and you're you're a husband in there with your wife and your two young kids, you're you're in a pretty and you've seen the the the, the trend and that uh, of public behavior recently. Yeah. You're you're between a rock and a pretty hard place because you're in your home. They're threatening to invade your home. You need and have the right to protect your family, and you got to do whatever it takes. Unfortunately, maybe to have to, maybe to do that. So. I mean, it's it's. Well, you can see it already happening in some of the shops, in um, in some of the areas. The uh, store owners have gone. Yeah, the, the Korean, the, the Korean rooftop the warriors. Korean, yeah, they're back. They're back. Yeah. <laughs> if uh, anybody out there remembers the time <laughs> when uh, the LA riots broke out, there were uh, a number of uh, South Korean store owners. Yep. And they had uh, taken to their rooftops, and magically, theirs was the only uh, businesses that were left untouched. <laughs> they had a pretty good communication network, though. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Absolutely. Uh, you know that's important. So now, does Antifa, though. If you look, if you look at them, actually, I've seen some great photos of uh, you know guys with the masks on, and you know they're sporting wires, uh, you know, sticking out of their ears. Yeah, but are they Antifa? Or are they maybe FBI that are kind of mingling in? Or? Oh Jesus Christ! You know what? Honestly, I imagine it would be both. I mean, you can't, be. yeah, like, I mean, you know, we can think that they're stupid, but I'm sure by now that they've learned to communicate. Uh, yeah, but they don't work, though, do you? How can you afford earpieces if you don't, Oh, if you live off the government, you haven't got that kind of money. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, there, there's never any shortage of money flowing into these things. They always seem to have magic support, yep. you know. Um, you know, who, who their benefactors are is of uh, great interest of mine. Um, I could tell you that money's coming in to, to fund these uh, protest groups that are like literally paid protesters. They just protest whatever they're told to protest. You know, there comes a time, uh, you know, when they're activated. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, some people are recognizing them as the same protesters all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they do travel. Um, you know, I could tell you if they go out to Polk County, they, you know, might be uh, taking job applications <laughs> in the not too distant future. Um, you know, we, we here at the vault, uh, I, I can't speak for Coach Nick, of course, but I have <laughs> I have a, uh, you know, a firm belief that our history is a little bit different. Our culture is a little bit different. Uh, you know, I certainly do appreciate the Second Amendment. And it's it's its merits are becoming uh, abundantly obvious, I think, to people now. Yeah, I was going to say, when you say different, though, you don't mean different in a negative way. It's just different. Yeah, no, different. Like as, as in not not the same as ours. Yeah. 
Um, you know, uh, does it work for them? Y- yeah, you know what? It, it kind of does. When you look at the numbers, and I've had my conversations with Brian about this, there's apparently a, a lot more lives that are saved, um, you know, through the presence of firearms than are ever taken. Uh, there's a number of, you know, instances that have been recorded where just brandishing it is enough to make the event go away. And, and in the United States, these statistics bear that. So, you know, th- would that work here? You know, I'd like to imagine a world where where we wouldn't need it is, is the answer I typically give people. Um, you know, it's it, you're never going to hear me say that you, you shouldn't have a right to defend yourself um, and your life and the life of your loved ones. And, and, th- and that's that's actually written in Canadian law, you know, that, that you're entitled to that, like, you know, to live peacefully. And... But unlike the United States, where they actually wrote it in that we could do it with our guns, yeah, you know, um, obviously they're a gun culture, and uh, in many ways, so we'll we, to, we do it with a can opener. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know what? Let's 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 look at that. Let's, you know, hopefully the the situation that has evolved in the states does not make its uh, its way north of the border. But what if it does? What if what if you get huge throngs of people starting to starting to trash downtown Toronto? Or, or maybe downtown Scarborough. Now they're in the suburbs, and what's going to happen? The the police are already downtown trying to break something up. There's there's not enough police to be in in every location. Where do they start going door to door? What are those people in in those resident residential areas going to do? Maybe we should ask Bill Blair, the Minister of Public Safety, how he's going to keep everybody safe. Oh, I'm sure Bill will tell tell you that there's going to be some new security measures that will be implicate, implement the, implemented after the people's houses have gotten burned down. No, after they've no, broken no. In and looted and he'll, stole from he'll, he'll, somebody inside their Bill, house. Bill Blair will implement, I'm sure, uh, some wonderful policies. There'll probably be, you know, one of those city horses involved uh, on your side street. One. There'll be one. <laughs> there'll be one because there's, no, there's no room in the budget to build some more. But there'll be like a wooden horse that says, caution, do not enter. Protesters, do not come in. And, of course, that'll stop them. Uh, you know? <laughs> Maybe what he might do is he'll enact an order in council which will put an immediate end. The, the, road to, the, the rioters will stop in their tracks and immediately start to walk home. Yeah, let's just make, let's just make a law, right, Bill? Right? Let's, ban, let's ban rioters, shall we? Last time I checked, rioting was an illegal activity. We're not talking about protesting. We're talking about rioting. I mean, if you're out there just busting up shit and or stealing things from people, uh, injuring people, traveling around in wild, you know, uh, blood-crazed mobs, yanking people out of pickup trucks, you know, like, I mean, if if that's the kind of grouping uh, that you're going to be dealing with, you know, how do you plan on stopping that? If it migrates up here, I mean, you are the Minister of Public Safety, Bill. You know, I imagine you've thought of these things. If I was I- going to say, and as such, he's what he, uh, you would think he would have a plan ready to go, or maybe make an announcement that, oh. you know, if it starts, we have something already in place. I don't know. Have you heard anything on the news about uh, that? I don't know. We can't get them to return to Parliament. Uh, apparently, the NDP got down on their knees and <laughs> supported a motion to take the summer off. Good timing, guys. You know what? I think it's important that everybody uh, highly recommend to their member of Parliament that they get back to work. I put in my call uh, to buy. Bob Bertina, uh, you know, I, I don't like to bother Bob that often. I like to think that I call him every, you know, couple of months. And, you know, it, it's tough to get an answer back from Bob some days. What did old Bobby say? You know, Bob, 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 the last time I talked to Bob, I got to admit to you, he got a little revved up. He wasn't too happy uh, that I was confronting him. I, I, you know, I had a very candid and friendly conversation with Bob. 
Bob, of course, immediately is on the defensive, and he's jacked up because he's dealing with a lot. You know, people want their money, Mark, and, you know, eh, you know, I get it. You got a lot going on, but this is kind of important. Hey, you signed up for the job, Bob. Yeah. You, you know what? Sorry, sorry, Bob. All right. So anyway, you know, let's talk about something other than gun control. You know, like, like that, honestly, um, you know, pick a topic. There's so many things going on that yeah. you could complain to your member of parliament. Yep. Uh, there's no shortage, you know, of things that have happened. Uh, certainly, you know, they've shut down the economy over what looks like some bad numbers coming from the so-called experts as defined by the liberal government. Uh, we've got the World Health Organization telling us, you know, you're not, first of all, it can't go from, you know, animals to people, then it's, you're not likely to get it. Then that became, you know, 70% to a full-blown wear national a mask, crisis. Don't wear a mask, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Wear a mask, mask. wear a mask. Cloth masks are no good. Cloth masks are, masks are good. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Bob, Bob tells me that he's not doing the mask thing, you know, and he just lives his life normally, uh, relatively speaking. And, you know. He's not doing the math thing. Right. But nobody's done the math <clears throat> correctly. They never do. Uh, you know, the Liberal Party, sometimes I think they have, you know, one of your great four students. Well, I'm sure they do the math, but it's very creative. Oh, it's God. new math. <laughs> well, the, apparently they've lost track of you know uh, billions of dollars spent on infrastructure. I saw that Pierre Polivare questioning whoever that was, and 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 they they don't know <laughs> where millions, maybe billions of dollars are. They it, have no. They, there's no accounting. They don't we, know where money's been sent out. We're they not don't sure know where it's been sent. Do you have? Out. Do you have? Do you have a list? <clears throat> not as of this time. Well, it wasn't complete. It wasn't complete. So what, what does that mean? So it hasn't been started. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the idea, the very idea that the people in charge of the cash don't know where it is or how it's been spent is of great concern. Well, we know where some of it is. We actually know where a lot of it is. <laughs> Saudi Arabia, Clinton Foundation, Venezuela, where else? Uh, you know what? Everywhere it seems but Canada. We know it didn't go to the armed forces we know it's not we know it's not there so we'll save them a little bit of time and and hey guys don't bother looking there because you didn't send them any so big shout out to our armed forces uh we know you guys are hanging out in the wings uh what i would suggest to you is, is that <clears throat> let your consciences be your guide uh whatever this federal government tells you to do they're not seemingly exercising any degree of a real intelligence in my opinion and certainly no degree of honesty. Um, you know, so let's, let's, let's move back a couple of steps. The, um, you know, because I, like, I, I definitely want to talk about the spending. But when you get uh, get in touch with, you know, your parliament member, uh, encourage them to get back to work, especially if they're NDP or uh, Green Party members, uh, Liberal Party members. Oh, did uh, you see the kayaking picture that was went around today? What? No. Don't Patty Haydu, Climate Barbie. Um, Are they out having a good who is, time? Who's, who, who is, Are they out having on, a good time? Hold on. Who's the, uh, the, uh, the defense um, minister's name escapes me? Believable. Are you, are you telling me that they're going up Posing, there? not just, not in the water, uh, posing before they got in the kayaks. Pierre Polivare posted it today on get me Twitter. Those, I think it was yesterday. Get me those pictures. Get me was, those pictures. Was, I want was, people to see that. It was yesterday, and, and I, I, I took it for about five minutes and scrolled through the thread. And it was interesting because people are saying, well, it's a nice day, and they need to have... They need to be able to take some, uh, some you know, recreation for mental health, that kind of thing. I'm like, hang on a second. You sit one day a week in parliament if one day a week requires you to get out to go and get some rest and relaxation we, like that speaks for itself 
But, I mean, it's a valid point. If you're working five days a week and you're working full-time and you didn't give yourself a raise when other people lost their jobs, then it is. It's, a, it's an absolutely valid statement. But when you, when, when you go into the office for to use a, you know, whatever, one day a week, uh, I, I, to post a picture of five of the, of the most high-profile politicians in the country, oh, and given it was a Sunday, fair enough, but when you've worked in the office one day a week and you pose a picture like, post a picture like that, that's not a good look. The optics are not all that great. They don't care how anything looks. No. I mean, if they cared how anything looked... But, but aren't people supposed Jesus. to be like... And I, and I don't think the area where they were kayaking was open. So now we're kind of like holier than thou because oh, the, the commoner can't oh. use these facilities, but hey, well, well, because we work so hard one day a week in the office, we need to some rest and relaxation, need to go kayaking. You know what, dude, honestly... They should just get back to work. It was either today or yesterday, Pierre Polivare's Twitter feed. You know what the conservative party should do? They should just go without them. They Honestly, you know what? Just go to parliament without them. You know what? Sit somebody up in that chair, make them the makeshift speaker, and just do it without them. I hope somebody records it, and we show the way the country should be run. I, like honestly, like it's so sad to Go see to us Every, letting listen, them get away with. Somebody that. made a good point on 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 the feed. Is everybody else who has who is back at work or has been working the whole time has been able to figure been able to figure out figure it out how how to take the current situation with respect to health and the pandemic into consideration figure out a plan that allows them to complete the work, albeit it may be going to be look a little bit different. Right, I know it, I had to change the way I do things. That's just the way it goes. But no more push-ups. No more, yeah, <laughs> virtual push-ups. Virtual but, push-ups. But uh, they were able to figure out how to c- continue to do their job differently. Are you trying to tell me now? This is the scary part: that the people who are supposed to be guiding our country and leading our country can't figure that out. If you can't figure that out when everybody else can, maybe you shouldn't be doing the job. So now, and don't give me the bullshit about it, it's they're worried about their health. You can take that into consideration. Take precautions. Go look. If look we can somebody, go to Walmart, you can go to Parliament. Well, no, if if like, you can, honestly, if people, can, I'm trying so hard not to be upset about. If this. nurses and frontline healthcare workers can not have a day off and work through this. You can too, as, and you should be as a leader. You should be setting, blazing the trail, and setting the example. But what are you doing? You're out kayaking. You guys are a bunch of clowns. <laughs> you know, just the thought drives me nuts. Like, I like you have to understand, folks. I, I like to think of myself as the voice of reason. Um, I try and look at things rationally. Uh, it's really difficult at times. You reasonable? Uh, yeah, I'm reasonable. Voice of reason? Ah, uh, you know, some have described moments me as, of clarity. Some some have described me as a loose cannon. I don't personally see it. Uh, you know, I call a spade a spade. Anyway, not, not, yeah, but that's not being a loose cannon. It's just being honest. Well, if they don't like it, maybe they don't like honesty. Who like? Oh, uh, yeah, you know what? Once upon a time, people didn't think it was possible that they could, uh, you know, move with, uh, you know, an OIC in bands. Yeah, they thought well, that, you know, like, you know, they're not going to ban anything, Mark. And I'm like, you know, yeah, you watch. Yeah, right? you well, know I, what? Know, I remember somebody saying that. Mm. But you know what, though? At the end of the day, uh, I've never seen the firearm community so more, so motivated. Yeah. Like, so together, you know, uh, even the old guys, the season shooters, the sports shooters. No, the cha- the, it, it, true. The challenge is going to be we need to stay motivated uh, and proactive for p- potentially two years. 
That's that's going to be the tough part is, I, is sustaining I, it over time. I told you two years is a dream. Um, you know, I really don't think that they're going to allow that. I think they're going to shorten it up. I really do. And you know, I, I'm talking to the next government. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, I think I think when when they make their move is when we'll get our next government. That's when people will gripe and complain and all their families. You know, um, you know, I shudder at the thought of law enforcement having to um, enforce a terrible law. You know, the very idea, like, can you imagine having to bring your guns in and watch them being destroyed right in front of you? And you know what? You'd have to watch because you know what? I, I know a lot of people would have a real hard time, um, you know, just handing them over and then not knowing where they're going. Um, you know, and I don't blame you know, anyone in no. the face of this government for wanting to see their actual stuff get busted up, uh, if they're going to see it busted up at all. Uh, I can tell you that there's a lot of people that are just flat out saying no. Um, you know, certainly in the United States, they've got a different culture, and uh, we've got... Yeah, that's not that's not a... That's almost an apples and oranges comparison. Maybe yeah. New, Zeal- New Zealand maybe might be a, a little bit of yeah, a closer you know, that, comparison. That that didn't do- go too well in New Zealand, and no, uh, especially the, with that huge increase in gun crime. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> who'd have thought? You know, uh, we've been warning the politicians uh, because that order in council time. didn't yeah. stop those criminals. Yeah, you know what? I, I guess that didn't work. We're gonna need to ban more. Hmm. You know, like that's that's the kind of the attitude we're up against. Uh, that's why I've always told the sports shooters, like, if you think you're gonna be left out of this fight, I can tell you, they're gonna come after you right after us. And uh, we've certainly got one big, big fight in their hands. Uh, I think though that you know we've got a situation brewing in the United States that could bolster the argument. Uh, you know, if we get rioters uh, making their way into the residential areas and people deciding that they're going to not be giving up their firearms, uh, you know, we, we could have some serious problems on our hands. Yeah. Yep. You know, the uh, the impact of something going terribly wrong in the United States. I've always told people we have to monitor the politics and the events in the United States because they have a direct impact on the way we do things to up To a greater here. or lesser extent, absolutely. Yeah. You know, even as a child, I knew, you know, when they said, you know, the law happened in the United States. And, you know, that, that usually uh, sets a trend. And, uh, you know, we've definitely seen a move on the, on the guns in the United States. So, you know, uh, I would tell everyone to uh, exercise, everyone, listen. To exercise extreme caution, um, you know, uh, if if in fact you're in the United States and you do have, you know, a Second Amendment uh, right to defend yourself and your property, um, you know, check your fields of fire, folks. Make sure that, uh, you know, you got um, the ability to not hurt anybody unnecessarily you don't want to. Uh, you know, like I've seen the carnage left behind after some of these looters uh, run through, and it's just devastating. Like burning 200-year-old churches yeah. near the White House. Yeah. So you're trying to make a statement because you think Trump's in there looking out the window going, you know, he's watching that, but you just you, you just took down a national historical monument. Like, what are you thinking? Well, you know what? It's pretty It's pretty sad. Uh, throughout all this, you know, people have asked me what I've thought. Um, I, I use the word disappointment, but I, I don't use that in a broad sense. I think that there's, um, you know, there's a number of people out there that are uh, truly bad. Uh, certainly, Billy Blair did his part in making strong recommendations for prisoners to be released from the detention centers. Yeah, well, I said that too in our podcast. Let's make let's make the population less safe. Yeah. during a pandemic. Yeah, you know what? Good good idea. You know, fantastic job, Bill. Um, 
you know, letting people out of prisons, uh, certainly when they're inside. So the, the, so we took people out of quarantine was essentially what yeah. happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have friends that work, you know, at the detention centers and uh, it defied all logic. Uh, as far as they were concerned, probably they were looking for a little break and to get people uh, the numbers down uh, to have them, uh, you know, have to care oh, for so, fewer so people. So because of a pandemic, pandemic, you get a free pass. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's not like it's not like they loosed everybody. Apparently, they went with like the short-term sentences, and uh, you know, they told people if they screwed up that, you know, they would come right back and they would stay. Uh, you know, but oh, so they gave them, they gave them a firm tongue wagging on the way out. Well, well done. Well, you know, it's. Uh, you know, for the criminals uh, out there, uh, they represent a very small portion of the population. The the ones that, you know, cause uh, the greatest amount of trouble, uh, they're they're really only totaling somewhere in the neighborhood of ten to you know five to ten percent. Like that's that's realistically, um, you know, the number of people that are constantly you know in and out of the judicial system, but. You know, for the most part, people are good, and they take care of one another. And uh, we got a lot of great people in the area I live in. Um, I, I would encourage everybody out there to talk to their neighbors, get to know their neighbors, and uh, you know, that's something that's something of a cool byproduct from this pandemic. Is you know, a lot of people I noticed were outside, yeah. uh, you know, talking to their neighbors uh, from their lawns. And uh, you know, now that we know that the uh, you know the pandemic isn't over, but I, I think you know it's safe to say that it's been blown mildly out of proportion. By I think the media it's, yeah, it's, and the World I, yeah. Health Organization, um, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. And anybody who's out there who's lost a loved one, uh, I can tell you right now, uh, there have been a lot of cases uh, of COVID, uh, you know, uh, contracted by people that were already on their way out, and they're listed as COVID. So the numbers are very small. Um, you know, I would actively encourage everybody to you know make a point of uh, knowing what's on the death certificate uh, if you've lost a loved one. And uh, maybe making that clear to somebody. So, so here's here's a what seemingly is a random question for you, but I'm, I'm going to tie it into the the um, the riots in the United States and and, and connect it to Canada. Sure. If you had a, a a choice to move anywhere in the United States, where would you go? I know where I would go. I'm curious where you would go. Let's see. That's a tough one. There's so many cool places. Yeah. You know, um, I'd like to think that maybe, you know, a place like Montana. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I, I would go to Montana yeah. for a variety of reasons. Very gun friendly. Mm -hmm. Lots of open space. Yeah. Not a hot, like low population density. Yeah. Nice small towns. Kind of like, you know, the country feel. Right. Yeah. So here, here's a little perspective. If, if we could move to Montana tomorrow. Yeah. And, and this is assuming that riots have started in Canada now. Yeah, yeah. I would feel safer in, in Montana than I would, would here, based on based on the laws of the land. Fair, you know what? how sad is that? Well, you know what? <laughs> like look at look at the laws with respect to self de self defense of of person and property here compared to the states. I'd feel a hundred times more more safe in in 
you know, wherever Montana than I would here where I, where I live. You, if, you, if the if the riot started, you you just reminded me of something. There's this uh, this little adorable uh, supporter we have named uh, the Redneck Canuck. She's this little tiny. Yeah, thing, I've seen her right? on the page. She's, yeah, she's this little tiny thing. And I got. Hey, can you tell us how tall you are? Because I'm she's thinking, tiny. I'm, my guess is you're like five foot two. I, you know, I'm going no, five foot two. I'm, I'm going. I'm going sub five feet. I'll bet you. I'll bet you if you. Okay, she's a, not a garden gnome. She, like, come on. Oh my god, she's gonna be so offended by that. No, I uh, dude, I think she's. I think she's under five feet. I think she's like four <laughs> she eleven. Probably kick my ass. I think she's four eleven. She could probably kick your ass. Yeah. I've seen her. She, she hunts. I can run uh, quick when ATVs, I'm scared though. Right? She's she's a real spark plug. And of course, you know, she creates this wonderful little storyline. Um, you know, and puts it out to her audience. Very engaging. You know, send me your questions, your comments. You know, what you think about the band, whether you like it, whether you don't like it. Be just, just be respectful. Everybody send it. And I thought, what a great little ambassador she yep, is. Absolutely. You know, like recent. Just, yeah. You know, like it, it, she, her first one she did was a little bit more. You know, like you know, she she kind of poked fun at the people that were you know uh, saying like we you're critical of the bands. Like, why don't you move to the states? She says right like this right. And and you know, there's a lot of Canadians that would probably love. Uh, to enjoy the benefits of, you know, 2A. And I, yeah. I know for a fact that a lot of people in the gun community, they, they love that idea. You know, and, and I hate the idea of somebody telling you, well, if you got a problem, like go live someplace else. I mean, Trump did that, and they criticized him for it. Yeah, you know, it, it's 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 amazing. You know, uh, the hypocrisy that I continuously see coming from the left. Um, you know, I really am kind of ashamed because you know, I, like I, I always tell people, and I kind of laugh when I say it, but like deep down inside, I'm a liberal. Like, I mean, I'm I'm a liberal guy. Like, I mean, I, I'm what you would think would be a liberal. You have uh, liberal aspects. Uh, you know, you're not 100% liberal. Hmm. Well, well I have certain parts of, of your lifestyle or, uh, well, I don't know how else to phrase it. <laughs> don't read into that, anybody. But no, but no, certain, I, things, <laughs> certain, certain things you like to do, or your, your, your opinions towards and your stance on certain things is, is liberal. Yeah. But, but not everything. You're not liberal carte blanche. Well, no, no. I like. I mean, I, I have. Um, I, I've heard Brian say it. You know, very, very clearly, and it probably best described me. You know, like fiscally, I'm a conservative. You know, like I believe in responsible spending. You know, I would, ag- uh, I would agree with that right, whole, yeah. wholeheartedly. Well, all right. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm not frugal. I like. I you know, I like. I, I, I think. See that, exhibit A range buggy. You know what? Come on. <laughs> You leave the range buggy out of it. Listen, when you get a truck, we're we're we're, we're going to take that to somebody who's got land and no. we're gonna blow the fuck no, out. No, we're of it. not. Yes, no, we, we are. No, we're not. You know what? I got way too many good memories in that thing. And you know what? It was it was okay, definitely you're referring to the DNA in the back seat. Like what, you know, I was. You know what? It's just such a it's just a such a fun little truck, and it just refuses to die. I'm going to keep it as long as I can. All right, but well, hold on. Let's 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 move on to you know that subject again. You know the 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 Montana. You know I think Montana would be cool. I think that Arizona would be cool. I've looked into Montana. All right. You've looked into it? I have. Yeah, you know what? Stevensville, Montana is the place I want to go. Really? Yes. What, what's up with Stevensville? It's it's a outstanding little town. Is it like Polk? A, is it like Polk? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I haven't looked at it. But it's got, it's got a great gun shop. Yeah. Family owned. Yeah. And, and it's just got the diner and it's just like your your stereotypical small town. Nice. And it's got a great view of the mountains. Really? Yes. Yeah, that would be cool. It's, 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 that would be you cool. go on and you go on YouTube and you search it, mm-hmm. it is freaking outstanding. I remember, I, you know, I went to Banff once. And it's only, it's not that far from the Canadian border either. No. No. It's, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a decent drive, but it's not like you have to go on a, a, a cross country trek to yeah. get to the border. Last time I did that was with Bugsy. I did the cross country, and you know what? What a fun time that was. Yeah, but yeah. Have you ever done that? No. 
Oh, I, I, the, for, I've driven to the I've half cross country, Ontario to New Brunswick. Oh, when yeah? I coached at, when I coached at Mount Allison. I coached I, at Mount Allison for university for a year, and I drove out in August 15 <laughs> in my Jeep. Yeah. I had a Jeep Sahara, and, of course, had license plate on it, whatever. So I drove out there, took a wrong turn somewhere. I was supposed oh, to take no. turn off at Riviera de Lou in yeah. Quebec, yeah. and I was daydreaming because I had the Jeep packed, and I was listening to tunes, and I wound up somewhere really north. <laughs> no way. So I, I, I was asking directions, and they're like, oh, you're nowhere near. So they got me on the highway to New Brunswick. I'm going through some national park at two in the morning. Oh no. It's it, it's dark. It's it's like ink. It's so dark. <laughs> and I'm freaking out because the the gas gauge is kinda getting down. Oh, yeah. So I came down and uh out of the out of this park, this national park, and I was in Campbellton, New Brunswick. Yeah. So I made the sign of the cross. Yeah. Because I was relieved because I'm like oh, and there was a Walmart. So I crossed the bridge, drove and this you is saw the, you see the lights? Drove no no drove into the Walmart. Yeah. And I had two hockey bags of all my belongings in the back. Yeah. Crawled into the back and slept because I was so tired. Sucked, slept in the Yeah. And then the, the sun woke me up in the morning, got up. There's cars in the parking lot. And, no and, and finished finished my, my commute to, uh, got there on a Saturday into Sackville, New Brunswick. And it was funny because I pulled up beside the athletic center. And this is back in, the, this is 2002. Mm. And remember the club that would go on your steering wheel? Oh yeah. I had one of those I put on the steering wheel. So I go in the athletic center and and, and there's some people in there and, and about and so they introduced me a few of the players are and they're like, Is that your Jeep out there with the with the Ontario plates? I'm like, Yeah. And, and they're like and you have a club on the steering wheel? I'm like, Yes I do and they all busted out laughing. Oh, they're me. like we yeah because of war and it's like we don't do that around here and it's like yeah but I come from Ham I live in Hamilton yeah so it's kind of different where if it isn't nailed down it but, might go missing but if you're it in was the it was a great it was a great little four month stint it was a nice little adventure and uh, you yeah, did four months out, you did four months out there yeah I was there for the season so training camp no way. a week two weeks before training camp nice and then. Whatever a week after the season and mid November I came back in the worst snowstorm I've ever driven in my life. Oh, how was that? I couldn't see there was one lane from the border of Quebec all the way to Hamilton. Oh and it was a blizzard. Wow. That must you would you know why didn't you pull why didn't you pull over? I did. I did for I pulled over at one of the in really? Kingston or one of the And it didn't stop. It just no, kept I pulled going. over, left left the Jeep running with the windows open so I didn't die of carbon monoxide. Yeah, yeah. Went in the back again. Yeah. Slept for an hour and a half as as, as the, the Jeep idled. Yeah. Woke up, still going, I'm like, I need to get home. And I, huh. I just I made it home at seven AM. Yeah. Said hi to my parents. Went right to my bed and slept for I don't know how long. Hmm. Yeah, but it was like they don't lock their doors out there. Yeah, that's the thing. Different, it, different way of living. It's very different. They don't lock their doors and everything. And and it was, I mean, it was a great four month adventure. It was, it was fantastic. Well, that was a while ago. Maybe they locked their doors by now. Sackville's pretty small. So yeah. to give you a little perspective about Sackville, New Brunswick, when I was there in two thousand and two, yeah. the population was about five thousand. Yeah, and I was talking to. Uh, 5,000. 5,000. Okay. And I was talking to the guy. There was one guy who who was the local sports reporter who covered all our games. Yeah. And, and would come to our practices, and everybody knew him. Really nice guy. And he to put it in perspective for me. He, he was telling me two years before I got out there. Yeah. They got the second light, stoplight, in the town. Oh, wow. And that was front page news. Really? Yes. New stoplight. 
Well, you know, that is big news for some places. The second stoplight in you town know, was front page of the newspaper. Some people some people enjoy simple living. I, I like to call it uh, uncomplicated lives. Um, you know. It was, if I didn't have relatives, I had relatives about 25 minutes away in Nova Scotia that yeah. I would go to every Sat every Sunday. Yeah. We would play Saturday for, or Saturday nights. I would go over to see Auntie M. Nice. Yeah, Auntie M and Uncle Ed. Are you Spider-Man? What's that? <laughs> Are you Spider-Man? Yeah. <laughs> and I would go there every every Sunday religiously and for a home-cooked meal. And that was my day. That was, I would drive 25 nice. minutes and visit with my relatives, and Auntie M would, would make me some food, and, and I would just hang out and do nothing. And cool. they're, in the, they're in the middle of nowhere. You know, there's a, there's a lot to be said for uh, you know the tranquility connected. Oh, to, it's outstanding. You know, country uh, country life, uh, small town living. You can see the stars at night. I can tell you that much. Uh, you know, if you've ever lived out in country and looked up, it's a lot different than it looks in the city. It's uh, certainly a lot more uh, peaceful looking. You know, we get a little bit of that out here. You know, we got the campfire. We're out here on uh, Coach Nick's ranch. He uh, thankfully hasn't broken out the uh, cattle prod yet, so I'm not uh, not as concerned about getting zapped mid-podcast <laughs> as I was when I arrived. So, all right, what uh, what el- what else we got? Anything else in the news uh, today? Uh, I, I I've been. <laughs> I've been actually trying to stay away from the news really, yeah. the last couple of days. I don't have that luxury. I, I you know what? I, and, and including my phone. Like if I, I'll yeah. go on and and um, take a little break from it. We, well, whatever. Like the Facebook pages that I subscribe to, or where you get where you can set the notifications. Yeah. For that, Instagram and Facebook, I'll look at those because I know what they're going to be. But when I start seeing the the, the stuff about the stage, I just scroll right on past. I don't even really? want to stop. Yeah, I don't even want to stop. Uh, and look at that. Same same reason why I haven't watched the news. I'll, I'll 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 tune in in the morning and see what the weather's going to be like or whatever. And then, do I need to cut the grass? What's or what? Something like that. But I don't want to. Mm. I'll watch the weather and the sports. Yeah. What little sports there is because I just don't. There's just too much BS going on. Well, it's just, you know. I think I I think that. There's um, there's always a pattern I see, you know, in and when you watch the news enough, and I mean, like I, when there's an election coming up, like a few months, yeah, maybe? yeah, you know, there's always there's always a migrant caravan or some, you know, killer hornets, <laughs> murder, murder hornets, murder hornets, you know. Um, I think so, you, t- yeah. I think you told me at some point there was locusts. That was in Africa. Look, see, there they are. I see. I knew they'd come by tonight. It's Bill, hi, Bill. That's how yeah. are you? You know what? Jackass. The surveillance plane is always going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, you're more than welcome to uh, put it down over here, and uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll make you some coffee. No, you know what? Bill can make his own coffee. I'm not making coffee for. <laughs> He's that not on that plane. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> He's kayaking. He's kayaking somewhere. Right. <laughs> With a former interior designer turned minister of something. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, you couldn't write this stuff. Like it's it's just so ridiculous. The way 2020 is being, no, you can't. I mean, you got we got the hornets, we got the COVID. Uh, what am I missing? And I know I'm missing stuff. Oh, you kidding me? There, there's there's too much. There's too much to even list. But I mean, like if if you were reading a history book, and it told the story accurately, you would probably think this is the most disgraceful administration well, this government's be, ever had. That's going to be the interesting thing about it is what how what are they going to write in the history books? 
It was a catastrophe. No, no, they no. They might no. as well just leave it out. No, I'm <laughs> saying, I'm saying because there will, there, there are some historical events that have happened so far this year that, or some events that will make history textbook because you would think at some point down the road. So I'm, I'm kind of curious how that's going to look. Like in 20 years, God, you know, that I'm still, that I'm still around. That I, I want to look, I want to pick up a history book and see how these uh, events are accounted for. And how they're how they're um, presented to the reader, kind of thing. Oh well, you having know lived through it, right? You know, I had I had a good conversation today with a good friend of mine, Martino. Uh, you know, he's a he's a great guy. He's got a kid. It's in school. Uh, they were given a presentation about the uh, Oka crisis. But who Oka? Yeah, yep. Oka. And uh, even the child recognized that there were uh, significant gaps in the story being told. And, of course, uh, Martino, uh, having a, a background in law enforcement. Sorry, this was from his his child's school? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, what yeah. Grade, how old is the kid? What grade, oh, you, what know, I, I, you know, I think for some reason I think he's 16. Okay, Four, so he's 14. Is he 14 or 16? So grade 9 or one, grade 10, one, perhaps. One, yeah, and, and, of course, they talk about the Oka crisis and what happened there, and, and there, there were significant gaps in the story. Certainly they left out uh, some very important details, and the young lad... Um, is going to go back with, you know, some questions about why, you know, there was failure to mention certain specifics. And yeah, and I love, I love the idea, you know, of kids going back there, checking with their parents, uh, communicating. Well, as long as it, the, the, the request is made respectfully, of course. Oh right? yeah. Like that's, see that, and that goes back to my, my fundamental philosophy as a teacher. It, I feel it's not for me to make up the minds of the children. Like, I'm not going to tell my kids right from wrong. I mean, when it comes to stuff like, okay, Hitler was a bad guy. I'm going to say that, and he's, he did wrong, and et cetera, et cetera. But generally speaking, I feel my job, the emphasis for me is providing them with the, with the skills and the tools to be able to make up their own minds. I'm yeah. not going to decide what social justice is for them. I'm going to mm-hmm. let them decide what is important to them, regardless of what it is. I think, I'm going to equip them with the skills. I, I think I think as a responsible and an ethical teacher, you would do that. Um, I have seen a number of examples, though, of teachers taking it upon themselves to impose their personal opinions no, uh, on, no. on the children. I, I, no. I, you know, I do I, know that that happens. I, and I fundamentally disagree. Oh, what you don't think the teachers do that on an ongoing no, basis? No, I fundamentally disagree that they should shouldn't be doing. Oh, okay, that. all right. For a second there, I was ready to throw you in the fire. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, even even if even and I've been asked this by by kids before. Like, what do you think? And it's something that maybe I shouldn't. You know, it's not something that I, I think my opinion shouldn't matter. Not that it shouldn't matter, but I don't want it to be. I don't want it to influence that student. You're going to influence the student no matter what. I mean, you're the adult. Uh, you're the one teaching, and you're in charge. Um, you know, I, I would suggest to you that in policing, they told us, but just simply by wearing the uniform, you influence people. You're yeah, mere, that's, that's, you're, that's all psychology. Right? It, it is, but you know, but just just being present in a uniform, yep. um, you know, has an impact on a person. Uh, I, you know, my father used to laugh. Uh, he was at one point uh, the. Um, chair of the board for the police commission and he he said that his heart would always skip a beat you know when he's pulled over despite the fact that you know he was essentially the chief's boss and so this is not something that that 
happens very often. So you don't have a lot of experience. Most people don't have a lot of experience to draw from. Yeah, you know what? I, I like you know for me personally, I always like to make the experience uh, a pleasant one. Um, I, I wasn't a big ticket writer. I, I always wrote you know a lot of warnings uh, for people. My my ratio really sucked. I, I gave like thirty warnings for every three tickets. Did I did you ever out. meet your quota? You know what? They can say whatever they want. That there's no quota. Oh, uh, you know, what? I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are like, "Say it, say it." You know what? I'm uh, I'm retired, so I'm allowed to. Uh, they don't have quotas. Uh, you know, they have goals and objectives in policing. So or at least when I was now you're playing the aesthetics game here. Oh not no! Style, you, oh, no, of course not. No, no, no. There's no. There's no quota. So no, let's just change no. the goals and pulled, objectives. You just pulled a Justin a, a true a liberal move there. You just change the word and try to frame it differently. It's the exact same thing. Same shit. Right? You know, you, they tell you they tell you to make goals. First of all, they tell you you're making goals. Right? You don't have a choice. Initially, it's like write up some goals, you know, for yourself and put it on a piece of paper. And then the following year was, well, you know what we determined was a really great goal but. <laughs> last year and an easy one to fulfill. You just got to write eight tickets, you know, or si- six tickets. I think it started off as six. Write six tickets a month. Six. You know? Yeah, six tickets a month. That's one for every day shift. And you know what? Anybody can do that. That that's the way it used to be in the old days, and they really pitched us the idea like that. They said you know like, what? Well, yeah, there's a goal right there. You don't got to worry about it. That's one of your three goals. I can mark that off on your your next performance appraisal, and you know what? You're good. So so the first year it was six, and I thought okay, I could do six, right? So you make you might get three in the first month, right? Like so hey. you came back after that shift with your six, right? So what I did what I did was is I you know I got through the year, and you know they looked at my numbers and they said you know what you uh, you came close to meeting your goal, right? And I and I. I said, yeah, you know, I, I do a lot of things, but, you know, tickets, ticket writing wasn't really one of them. I like giving people warnings and stopping them and educating them. That was my style. Uh, but they looked at me and they said, no, you got to meet your goals. And I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll meet my goal next year. It's something to, See, it's something what, to shoot what, for. But, I'll make it a goal. <laughs> you but you can't be fired or receive discipline for not writing enough tickets, can you? Like, wouldn't the union say, hey, wait a minute now? Oh, you think. Um, you know, I can tell you this. The second year, I met my goal, and you know what the you know what the following year was? Well, the next the next year's goals. Why don't you just make it a few more? Well, so then that became that became you know um, eight tickets. And so I, I met that goal that year quite easily, and I, I'm pretty sure I did. And and then you know the following year, the next goal was ten tickets a month, and I looked at my boss and went, I see the trend you know, and pattern appearing here, uh, you know, th- that settles it. I'm not meeting my goals for the rest of the year now. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing what's going on. You know, we're just going to keep writing more and more tickets. By the time I'm retiring, I'll be up to 30 tickets a month. Yeah. You know, like, no, I, I you know, it doesn't, it, it felt like just getting numbers for the sake of getting numbers. And, you know, it really bothered me that they would sidestep the whole quota question by calling it another name. Yeah. You know, and telling people like, but, you know, they would say, you know, well, you know, if their goals and objectives, can you be punished for not meeting your goal? You know, the answer in policing was uh, very clear to me. You know, the the running joke around the station was not writing enough tickets meant you were going to go to the action team where your job was completely writing tickets all the time. And it was touted as this elite unit that, you know, they picked the best of the best. But there's only so many spots on the action team. There's only so many spots on the action team. That was the sucker punch. The first year, guys rushed in and girls rushed in and they wanted to do the action thing. And uh, it was awesome. Schedule sucked. But, you know, they, they managed to, you know, turn it into a good thing. 
But, uh, you know, there definitely was pressure uh, to meet your goals, which, you know, didn't feel like uh, motivating pressure. It was more like you could be punished pressure. And that was the way I always viewed it. And I'm sure that a lot of people, if they were very honest and had the ability to express themselves in policing, which they don't, uh, would say the same thing. You know, that there's a lot that goes wrong uh, in policing today. The, uh, the system's broken. You know, the culture is not, uh, not entirely, up. but there's things that needs to be need to be tweaked for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they can start with staffing levels. Uh, I can tell you that every well, service yeah. seems to be suffering from the same pains. You know, they've been complaining for years that there's, you know, horrible staffing levels, uh, well below minimum strength numbers. Get that thing away from me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> are you staying on your toes? You know what? I'm awake. Don't worry about me. But you know, like it, but in 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 policing, I watched as you know shifts would start with you know. 13 uh, when the minimum the minimum required number was 18 and of course people don't understand that the workload goes up significantly for every person that's away from shift and so you know if you're down to you know 15 you can manage you know it's not a really good night you get down to 13 it's kind of dangerous you know when you've got to have like a minimum of 18 what okay but 13 and what what size area Oh, you know, that would be like, you know, uh, Stony Creek and a good portion of, of Hamilton would be one division. And, you know, so that'd be like 13, 14 guys, you know, covering an entire area like that. And, you know, with a lot going on, I mean, that was Hamilton. Uh, but I understand that it was a problem everywhere. And, and now, you know, with things the way things are going, you know, the number of applicants that they're going to see, qualified applicants to uh, fill in the policing spots, you know, everybody out there that's dreamed of being a police officer one day, it might not be all you thought it would be. Uh, do your so homework. They do your homework. Um, you know, I stopped encouraging people to become police officers quite some time ago, not because I don't love the job or I don't love the front lines. Uh, I still to this day be bleed blue. Contrary to popular opinion, you know, uh, I left policing and I, quite frankly, still love the boys and girls on the front lines. I, I push them and promote them every chance I get. Uh, I certainly have done my fair share uh, to try and repair the uh, damage done uh, between the firearm community and law enforcement. Uh, there's a lot of you out there uh, that are part of our community uh, in terms of law enforcement. I mean, we've gotten some great support. There was that, uh, that badge. Um, campaign oh yeah yeah just really, after the band yeah it was really nice to see that you know so many so many people you know don't give our good men and women of law enforcement credit i mean they work really hard and they're in a really god-awful spot like i mean like right now uh for the guys and girls in the united states that are dealing with the riots like i have not forgotten what it was like to be on the front lines i can't even imagine what it'd be like trying to manage you know, large, roving, you know, mobs of unhappy, angry people throwing rocks, pulling down chain link fences. I see like cruisers getting damaged and destroyed. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the, 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 the damage in dollars, what it will be to those cities, uh, especially after they've been hit economically yep. pretty hard. Um, you know, it's going to take a long time to recover from this. Uh, I really do hope that people um, see very clearly that this is happening, you know, in, in a lot of cities. Uh, you know, it's been pointed out to me that the Democratic cities that suffered through the worst lockdowns and the, uh, the strictest uh, of regulation, they're the ones that have been hit hardest. I can't even imagine what's happening in Chicago. Like, I mean, you know, like Chicago was Chicago. Chicago, in many ways, was like a riot before riots. I mean, that was almost like the pilot project. You know? Like it was ridiculous seeing but the again, number of people. Democrat mayor. Yeah, but you know, like seeing, 
you know, seeing week after week in the news, you know, people uh, killing one another, uh, and that didn't seem to be of too much concern, uh, I noticed, to anybody. Uh, I understand that, you know, the president's got to be in an awful fucking tight spot. I mean, like, you could send in the, the military and, you know, the National Guard, but then you become that dictator that they've been accusing you of being the entire time. And, and it's so easy, you know, um, I'm sure, uh, to uh, to call them in, to clean up. But, you know, though it would be done, I'm sure, uh, at the expense of, of some good liberties. You know, I saw some I saw some National Guard guys firing at people on their porch with those... Uh, the pepper. The pepper, pepper? ball, yeah, the pepper ball paintball guns. Well, they and, don't know. I mean, I guess they have... There, there's there's no gray area. Get off the street. Get out, like, because they don't know what those people are going to do. I guess, I, you know right? what? I I, I got to tell you, I'd like to know more on the background story yeah, on that one. Yeah. Um, you know, if there's an identified house where you know they keep coming out and they keep on causing shit, you know the trouble is all flowing out of that well, here's house. Here's the thing: everybody's I, wearing masks because of COVID now. You get four or five, and they sounded from their voice. I couldn't say they sounded like they were like relatively. Like forty and below, so they were maybe even thirty and below. What the? What the, the, the no, I, I. You know what? I thought they sounded. I, they they sound, sounded like kids to me. Well, They're in the their twenties. The point is that they sounded young. So you yeah. get young people with masks. Who are the people that are riding? Young people with masks. So how do you how do you differentiate? that those are just people coming out to see what's going on versus how do you know they're not going to start hurling bricks at you as you walk down the street? I, you know what? I think it's really, honestly, you like know, now civil unrest, there has, it has to be, there has to be like, there's, there's a cutoff point. Like, here, get, get, you can't be outside. Here's, 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 here's my thought. Um, I don't like it, but no, you know what? Well, you know, there's probably somebody on a high chair right now saying to you, I'm not going to be shot at on my property. You know, like I get what you're saying. Like, don't be out on the streets. Like, I mean, that's probably what it's going to take uh, to restore order. Yeah. But at the same time, like I, you know, seeing people on their porch getting, you know, uh, pepperballed, it was like, you know, I thought about that. I, like I watched the video several times. But and he did. They, they, it wasn't. They didn't just start shooting. They were told to get inside a few times. From yeah, what, from I, the I, one I heard. I know, but I think you're missing the point, though. What I'm saying is, is you're on your own property. It's not like you're yeah, roaming the street. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like um, that's your property. So. You know, if you haven't left it, if you decide that you're going to sit on your front porch, what if you're deaf? <laughs> what if you're deaf and you're on your front porch and the National Guard walks up and says, get inside, get inside. So and you you're looking at you're them going, I don't know what you're saying. So how do you tell as a National Guardsman walking down the street to try to restore uh, um, public safety? How do you tell from the people that are standing outside? who you don't need to worry about or who you do need to worry about. Oh, I, I dude, I see the challenges. Don't right? get me wrong. No, 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 no. You'll never hear me say that it's a simple thing. But I, I got to tell you, I, I, I'm just not comfortable with the idea of people on their porch, their own property, getting shot at yeah. by pepper balls. Like, I get that it's non-lethal, and I understand that they have to maintain order, and I get that the police... Well, they, not and maintain. The they had to get order, reestablish order. Reestablish order. order. That's okay. different. Okay. Well, so, well, you know... It doesn't look like anybody was, you know, riding in the residential areas. Uh, maybe they followed them out. Who knows? Maybe they pushed them all the way back to their residential homes. There wasn't. There wasn't. The video, the, the, the one that I saw depicting that, didn't give any information. Like, who knows? Maybe there was. There's been public service announcements for the past two days saying this is curfew, educating people, warning them. Like, did that happen? So, if if the information was out there and they were told. 
for two days that you can't be outside after a certain time, even if it's on your, then you can't claim ignorance, right? Fair, fair enough. And I'm I, just saying. Okay, what, well, hold what, on. There, there's got to be more to it. This, so, I'm, you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be you for a second. I need I'm to have play. a little bit more background. Too. I'm gonna, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so, like, I'll preface this statement by saying that I, I believe people have a right to protest. I, I don't believe though that you should be looting and rioting and and injuring people and damaging property. I don't believe in that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, the idea of roaming groups of armed National Guardsmen, uh, people, guards people, you know, uh, walking down the streets in, you know, in rows, uh, firing paintballs at people to keep them in their homes. Like, I mean, they could they could all start from the core and work their way out and drive people back, you know. Uh, but like, you know what that looks like, right? Like, I mean, when you think about it. You've got you've got military para, paramilitary service members, uh, you know maybe the military involved, and they're pushing people back into their homes and saying, "Don't come out until we tell you." Like it, so, so what do you do then? What's the solution? Uh, you know what? I I think that that's that's something that they're going to have to come up with. I think it's really important that they do it fast. Um, I'm certainly hoping somebody has a plan. Because it's not the kind of thing I'm totally comfortable with. I, uh, you know, love the idea of people exercising, you know, their freedom of speech and uh, their freedom to get together and, and peacefully assemble. And at the same time, uh, you know, I really don't like the idea of the continued rioting. So, you know, like there's got to be something that will uh, affect change here. Although hearing hearing that there is a uh, autopsy report that reveals that uh, George Floyd may have died from complications. Uh, of what? Well, apparently he had a heart condition, uh, is what I'm hearing. And, you know, he uh, had been known to uh, consume non-medically prescribed drugs or substances of some kind. And that won't matter at this point. They, well, people, people ignore that. You know, like, I know as a police officer, you know, excited delirium is is a real um, treat to deal with uh, on so many levels because even when you bring that party under restraint finally, uh, you know, it's a very dangerous medical situation. You, you know, you've got guys, you know, like I, <laughs> you'd know when you see them because you get the call or you just happen upon them. You'd be driving down, you know, the street in Hamilton and all of a sudden there would be a man standing in front of you on the roadway completely naked. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I'd rate. They, ra they rated hand or hands. You had to run. Right? No, no. I, you know what? I, no, I remember, I remember driving down, you know, like Barton Street. Well, I've <laughs> said right. So I'd be driving down Barton Street, and then I, you know, pick up the mic and I call, call my favorite dispatcher Beth, and I'd say, you know, twenty three sixteen to control, and she'd say, go ahead. I'd say, yeah, you know, uh, got a got a mail party here, uh, walking down the middle of Barton Street, and she'd say, she'd say, okay, you know, like. She done something wrong. Like she was pretty candid, she, right? She's done, right? done something wrong. wrong. Well, not yet. Control. Like I always had fun. Well, he is doing something right? wrong. He well, can't well, be naked. Well, 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 hold on. Like you know, not 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 exactly. Um, outside of maybe you know, an indecent act. And she says, "Well, do you have a clothing description?" <laughs> <laughs> I said, "No, good." Yes. I wait. I waited. Yes. I waited. I waited for it. I waited for it. I said, "Well, no, 
that's the problem, Control. He hasn't got a stitch on him. And so, and of course, the guy looks back at me, and you know, and his eyes look like like dinner plates. And he looks back at me, and there's that right? nonchalant like, right? no, no, it was like, oh, the jig is up, right? And then he tears off down the street, and I got to drive, I got to drive alongside him, you know. Is he running, is he running at this? He's point? Oh, yeah, he's running. He's in full swing, and I roll down full the window. <laughs> oh yeah, right. The boys, the boys are hanging out, and he's running at a full tilt. Basket going on. Yep, and he's and he's going in a straight line. He's just going straight down the street, right? So I drive up alongside him. I'm like, hey, I just want to talk to you. Was, it, was he signaling his turns? Turn? I tried pulling him over. He was <laughs> pulling him over. Right? But you know, I I got him to stop. You know, I didn't want him to run. Right? Like, first of all, the fact that he's completely naked in the middle of Barton Street tells me that he's probably high and you know that's well considering Barton Street and, yeah mm. and naked there's a pretty good, a good chance. chance there's a good chance he's high he's, he's you know it isn't that he you know got out of the shower and forgot to put on his clothes and went you know went to work and was a little nervous around police he was just afraid that's why he ran no like, I, I pulled up alongside I just, I just want to talk to you and you know and, and he, he started to slow down and I kind of pulled a little bit in front of him and, you know, whoa, 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 right? So just calm down. And, of course, you know, he's looking at me, and I know he could take a swing at me at any time because they're really unpredictable, uh, you know, has been my experience. And, it, you know, to, to put somebody in handcuffs that's already tripping balls is not, you know, it's not a fun exercise uh, because, you know, they're they're already panicked enough. But now you know that their the heart. adrenaline's kicking. Oh, yeah. you know, like, like, you know, put your hands on them, and it's like an oven, man, like hot, you know, cooking. You know, I grab on the minute you touched somebody that was, you know, in that state, you knew that they were they were pretty lit. And anybody who's ever grabbed uh, somebody that's been really, really messed up knows what I'm talking about. Uh, the skin to the touch is very warm. And, you know, when they do put up a fight, uh, it, it's 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 incredible. And so uh, in, in a very dangerous situation, because like, I mean, I, I, if you're by yourself, absolutely. You gotta, oh, yeah. You gotta have backup you know, I, I, yeah. You know what? I, they always criticize my going to things without backup. You know, like I, Beth, Beth would give me hell at least once, once a month. She'd say, wait for your backup 2316. I'd be like, okay, slow down. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna look right. You know, like, and she hated that. Uh, I'm sure I, I, I I'm positive I gave Beth her fair share of, you know, white hairs if she has any. If she's listening, I, I really miss working for you. And uh, you know what? Like, this this situation, though, like, when you wrestle with somebody that's that high, like, the strength involved can be, like, absolutely incredible. Yep. And, you know, I remember once, I won't say his name, uh, I'll just call him Dave. Uh, for the sake of argument, he and I had to arrest this uh, female, and she—I think it was meth. She was on. She was on meth, uh, in all likelihood. And it wasn't pH, was it? You know what? It was. It was. It was something. Uh, no, no, no. You, no the, the, oh. per, the, the, the your colleague was it pH? No, the one no, that I know. No, 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 not not him, Petey. No, no, not him. Uh, you know, what? but I got some great stories about him too. But um, no, you know what? I, this this Dave, right? Uh, and I went to arrest this girl, and she couldn't have been 110 pounds, and she was she was a little thin thing, uh, maybe about five seven, and you wouldn't think that someone could be that strong. And and you know, I never I never was one to to kid glove it with people. I believe that confrontations that finish quickly uh, usually finish the most safely and you know we tried to overpower uh, her 
uh, and we were placing her under arrest for something. I can't remember exactly what it was. But when it happened, she put up one hell of a fight. And if you've ever been involved... Those little wiry ones, eh? Little wiry ones. And, of course, you don't want to hurt them. And that's something that I think people don't understand. Like, you know, the, all the police officers I worked with, you know, they never went out of their way to hurt anybody uh, while affecting an arrest or tried to do that. I mean, sometimes injuries occur. But she, she, Dave and I were on her back and I, I had her one arm and all of a sudden she got her arm on the ground and she did a push up with Dave and I on her back. And I mean, like we were, we were on top of her and trying to get her under control. And, you know, Dave was a solid 240. I was up there, you know, 220 or so. And she pushed up like she was going to clap her hands, right? Like she, really? oh yeah, she came up fast. It wasn't like a, you know, a slow Hulk Hogan kind of rise to fame. She, she like snapped up and we, we both bounced up in the air and then landed back on her back again. And you wouldn't think, you know, that she could be that strong in that moment. So, you know, you're dealing with people that are, uh, you know, very agitated, um, you know, very, uh, very powerful. And, you know, and, and to top it all off, they're suffering from uh, a self-inflicted medical condition, which is this thing called excited delirium. And, you know, it, it can be uh, generated as a result of, you know, the consumption of various substances. And, you know, when you get really high and overheated, that's why a lot of them end up in the streets naked is because they're overheating. Like they, they just their their body temperature, their core temperature goes through the roof and, you know, they strip themselves down naked, which can sometimes make for some, you know, really uh, exciting wrestling matches because there's nothing, there's no clothes to grab onto, yeah. and you know, and, and they're and they're slippery. They're slippery like a catfish, slippery. Like you know, you're trying to hold on, and you know, and then by the time you bring them, it sounds like an adult video. You're just oh no, it, no, but by the well, it feels it feels like you're in a, a jello pit. You know, like you're trying to grab Back onto to the adult video. You're yeah. trying to grab onto, you know, like greasy wrists and, you know, hold down legs. And, you know, watching, we talked about that officer, you know, dropping his knee on, on that guy's neck. And, and I could tell you that, you know, while you're wrestling with people, um, you know, you will end up in the weirdest positions uh, you could possibly imagine. Uh, they're not cooperating. If you can imagine somebody that doesn't want to give up control of their bodies to you, uh, you know, while they're being placed under arrest or apprehended uh, for their safety, those those people, um, you know, can get to be really, you know, contorted. And so your, your, your legs and, you know, arms go into the strangest places, uh, you know, and it becomes difficult to bring them under control. But once you do, you know, the onus falls on every police officer while he has someone uh, under arrest. Their, their, their health and their safety is, is of, you know, his first priority. It should be. And what I was taught was when they're cooking up like that, you brought them under arrest, you know, you, you get them on their side, I believe it was, and, you know, you put them in the recovery position uh, so they can breathe. And then that, that was policy at the service I worked with uh, and for. And, you know, it's not that they can't die from it. Like, I mean, like, if you place someone on their stomach and you put four guys on, you know, his back and he's already got a heart rate that's up through the roof, you know, and a core temperature that's, you know, soaring, um, you know, it's quite possible that they could die, you know, from, from this, this condition. 
And so, you know, like uh, we went through the service training to, uh, to deal with that and, and they immediately called it what it was, a medical emergency. So, you know, seeing what happened to that, uh, that gentleman, uh, certainly there's a lot, again, uh, a lot of questions that have to be answered. Um, you know, they, they do have people in custody now and, you know, I feel bad, um, for the city. You know, I think that ultimately, uh, you know, uh, a person lost their life. I don't want to attach color to it. I think that that was really, really uh, irresponsible of the mayor, uh, Mr. Frey, uh, to, uh, to... Well, you would think maybe if he them. hadn't come out and made that uh, very impactful statement right away, I wonder if things would have evolved the way they did in the streets of Minneapolis. Maybe they still would have. But, you know, you got to be, you, they're, they're, you have to exercise responsibility. And, and, I mean, I've talked to some people about that whole unfortunate situation yeah. with George. And, and I, I said to them, I said, we only see the film and we got to get, and, and they start freaking out. I'm like, why are you freaking out? I'm not saying the guy's not guilty, but I'm saying you need to, to you, you need to make sure that you get every scrap of evidence about that case possible because you would hate for his family and everybody involved for that cop to get off on a technicality because they didn't have as much information as they could have or, or something that was overlooked or they didn't put the time into getting collecting a piece of information that connected to the case that could have could have locked it up it's got nothing to do with i think the guy's innocent or or trying to you know look at trying to downplay it not at all it's about doing your due diligence and making sure that you have an airtight case but it's funny how people kind of jump the gun and assume right away what do you mean so i'm like no of course the guy shouldn't have done the cop shouldn't have done what he did but but you want the body cam footage you want all that other um material available because you want to make sure that that he doesn't walk you know it's funny i uh speaking of body cam footage i had a, i had a funny one the other day one of my former colleagues you still wear a body cam just uh, cuz just no just walking around no no he, he's he, well no no like uh, hamilton has been one of the services that has not adopted the body cam program is that now is that very common in canada coast to coast now you know what i i don't know that it is is I, it only the bigger metro like toronto montreal i i, I think i think the bigger uh, areas have the budgets for it uh, and is it everybody or is it certain police? You know what? I, I imagine it would be all frontliners. Um, but 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 all frontliners, they still don't haven't adopted the policy where they they're all carrying a taser. Is it still only sergeants that carry tasers? Oh no 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 no! All, Everybody's all, got no no. All, all, everybody has them now. Oh perfect. Yeah yeah. I I had a bit of a conflict with the way I wanted to set mine up. It happened so late in my career that. Um, you know, like I was content to not have a taser. I, I used to tell people all my weapons are attached. You know, like if I got to break out my stick, you know, there's a, there's a bigger problem. Um, you know, certainly, uh, you know, you know, as as a police officer, you know, it it probably would be of great benefit to have a body cam on you. To be perfectly honest, you know, like uh, for everybody mo- concerned. Well, you know what, for everybody, uh, I think that you know. There will always be, you know, services that, you know, resist the idea of body cams. Um, 
you know, th- that whole idea of being watched nonstop and, you know, do I turn it off? Do I turn it on? You know, it, will this be used against me? Um, you know, for the most part, police officers are, are fantastically well-behaved and incredibly patient. And I can tell you that uh, if the public had to deal with absolute recordings of their behavior and, and held accountable for their their uh, behavior uh, because, because it was recorded in that way, you know, there'd probably be a, a better behaved population out there. Uh, yeah. You know, like, I mean, certainly there wouldn't be much dispute in a courtroom when, you know, little Billy, you know, says he was not minding his own business, you know, when you come across him and he's pummeling another guy in, you know, the skate park. So, every, <laughs> you know, so everybody, so all frontline police officers in Hamilton wear body cams now. No, no, they don't. you don't know. In fact, that's what, that was the point of this conversation was, was one of my former colleagues brought it up and it was the same colleague, uh, who I have a great deal of respect for. We'll just call him Mike. And, you know, I got a, I got a great deal of respect for this guy. He's, uh, he's former teams, you know, he's done the, uh, ERU SWAT thing and, you know, he is, he is the martial arts, you know, uh, high impact kind of guy. Like, you know, even into his retirement, you wouldn't want to mess with him. He was a very physical man. And I got a lot of, I got a lot of respect for him, but he said that he was in favor of the bands when, you know, that news came out. And so, you know, I, I tried to articulate to him that I wasn't cool with the idea of the government kind of arbitrarily making the decision to, to remove, you know, legally owned property from me, uh, regardless of what it is. And, you know, his response was, I don't care. Right. Like, and I, I said, well, are you okay with that? Like, are you okay with like, I could go, you know, fines all the way to jail time if I don't comply with this law. You're okay with that? Like me. You know, and, and, and he likes me. It's not like he, well, at least I thought he did, but he, <laughs> he, you know, I'd seen him out, uh, after he'd retired and I'd retired, you know, I'd seen him and, you know, we've always gotten along and I, I, I have a great deal of respect for him. Whatever he thinks of me now, I don't know. But, uh, you know, he said, I'm okay with that. Like, I mean, you're going to lose your guns and you'll run the risk of going to jail. If you don't give them in, nobody should have these things. And so, you Just know, a yes, man. Eh? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. That's the point. He's, he's not a yes man. He's actually one of those guys that, you know, you got to respect. He's a, you know, he's a decision maker. He's a very physical guy. You know, uh, he commanded a lot of respect uh, as a police officer and uh, certainly as a colleague of mine. But when he said he was okay with it, and especially after he just posed in a picture with like a full auto, uh, you know, machine gun and said, I've handled my fair share of assault weapons and they have no place in society. Uh, You know what? It may have been in the U.S., but but as an ERU member, though, he had access to fully automatic machine guns. Like, I mean, they they, they had those in those units. And so, you know, he's posing with a machine gun saying, I've handled my fair share and I've enjoyed them too but you know what it's time to give them up and I'm thinking you know wow like that's that's pretty that's pretty mean so what right like I mean I thought you were cool and, and no but you know you were cool right? you know, well yeah you know but anyway when he told me though that he was okay with it I wasn't alone uh, another uh you know, ERU member stepped up to the plate and said very clearly, like, I'm disappointed to hear you say that, Mike. And so, you know, it was funny because it wasn't long before I made the argument uh, very quickly to him in, in another, uh, you know, section uh, of social media. He had uh, made comment on something. Uh, yeah, I think it was cars, you know, fast cars, a car, the, the car that was caught doing like 308 kilometers an oh, hour, the Mercedes, the Mercedes, yeah. and, you know, they, they, apparently it is not capable of going that fast, uh, without major, major tweaking. And, uh, my resident car expert, uh, Forfus has told me that it's not, not possible for him to go that fast. That's a pretty high end Mercedes though. Yeah. He, you know, he said like the only models that should be able to do that and even tweaked, like you would have to be spending like ridiculous amounts of money to get up to those speeds. He knows he knows kid, his cars. The kid said it was his dad's car, so I'm, I'm, I'm eh. I, I don't know if his dad would be 
Jimmy Corporate tweaking his yeah. Mercedes. Well, out. who knows? It'll it'll probably come up as a defense if the model's not capable of going that fast. You know, maybe they'll no say that the, the, the radar no the radar laser uh, thingy was not accurate. Although they test them at the start of every shift. Yeah, so did you, did you test it at the beginning? Yep. Did you test it at gotta the end? Calibrate it. Right, yes. <laughs> you got to calibrate at the start of every shift. It's uh, it's always fun doing that, right? <laughs> but no, no. But like, so now, um, you know, Four Fist tells me that this car can't even go that fast, and I, I was laughing hard. I said, "Really?" And he goes, and "He goes, nope, nope." But anyway, back to uh, back to Mikey. So so Mike says he's good with it, and I, and he makes comment about this car, and I said, "Well, let's ban them." Right, you know that spoiler adds an extra fifty horsepower, right? So let's go spoiler, right? Yeah, right. Let's let's get rid of those fast-looking cars. And he said, I, I, you know, Mark, I think you're, I think you're talking about something else. You know, (laughs) I said, no, it makes total sense. Matter of fact, I'm not talking about something else because more people die in car accidents than. Absolutely. All right, and so you know, I made my point uh, very quickly, and uh, he understood. I'm sure he's a very intelligent man, and he got my drift. But, uh, you know, it wasn't long, you know, before I I had to do it. You know, only because I like him. Uh, I tease him a little bit, you know. And I said, and by the way, <clears throat> you know, uh, martial arts, yeah, it's kind of like the glorification of violence. And, of course, he's, he's like, big in martial arts. But I said, we should start by banning dojos. <laughs> and- the thing about martial arts is, though, like, it... They're, it's very disciplined. I don't care. No, but it's I, it's fighting. What's it's, that? It's fighting. It's kicking and punching. Is and it or is, or? But how do, do they teach it as self defense or uh, or self offense? Doesn't matter. It, Fighting's but bad. But it does. This could be a bit of a well, gray area. I made I, I made the argument. I don't care. Right? They should ban. They should ban all the dojos. Right. The I don't. Dojos. Right. They should ban all the dojos. <laughs> they should. They should outlaw. Any form of kicking and punching, okay, and practicing any discipline that is based in combat, because that's that's wrong. It's the glorification of violence, and we should do away with it. And of course, he he saw the humor in it right away, and you know immediately called me out on it. And he said, "You're relentless." I said, yeah, "Absolutely, absolutely." You know, there's just uh, so many people out there that don't understand the firearm community, and they're so willing, to, you know, to pitch what we love, you know, down the toilet and take but it away it, from it's us. It's no different than anything else. I mean, there's there's an endless list of of things that people do or things that people are interested interested in that that you might be or somebody else might be that I have no clue about or I have little little knowledge about. Mm-hmm. So you just you, you kind of dismiss it, or you make you make you form an opinion based on very little information. Oh, Guns sure. are no different. No, it's hey, you know what? And for, gun ownership and the gun culture I, in Canada is no different. I keep saying it and for the people out there that are listening in, I could tell you right now that if you love anything, if you retreat to it at the end of a long work week, if you enjoy motorcycling, fishing, camping, hiking, throwing lawn darts, whatever it is that you do that you love, I don't care. All right. Whatever you do that you love, for some people out in there in this country, it is firearms. It is firearm ownership, it is firearm possession, it is that thing that they absolutely love. It's that thing that they'll play 
plan vacations around. And it's that thing while they're in Vegas that they'll go yeah. out of their way to do. You yeah. know, like it's 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 a real passion. And there's an enormous investment, uh, both personally and monetarily, in these things. There's a great deal of historical significance connected to them. And people get such a fantastic therapeutic value out of doing these things. Uh, you know, the, the number of activities is endless. You know, bullseye competitions, sporting clay, ski, There's something track, for everybody. Bullseye. Yeah, and you know what? And it's, it is, in fact, the most inclusive group of people in the country. It is so welcoming. I've seen every nationality, every every possible sexual preference. Uh, you know, everybody is welcome to join that's responsible and that actually passes all the testing and certification it, and, and training just, to get their it, license. For people who don't know a lot about it, it's not like people get off on shooting guns. It's not just about the shooting of the gun. It's cleaning it so it's before and after. Oh, yeah. That you go to the range. It's it's the social interaction with people while you were there. It's, hey, that's that new gun I just saw come out. Let's go talk about that. And something that revolves around that. It, it's, it, it's, it's, it's standing around the, going to get something to eat at the barbecue it's all kinds of different things. It's it's that one out of 10,000 that was ever made, you know, and that only certain groupings of people got them. And, you know, you have one, you know, like every one of them is unique in its own way. And uh, so many people spend uh, a great deal of time developing the necessary skill sets to compete you know, at, at, at incredibly uh, masterful levels. And I, I look at two um a two eye, right? Big Mark, and you know uh, the amount of effort and time and energy he puts into his training. Like some people really uh, do excel in the competition sports uh, that revolve in you know in the shooting communities. Like I mean, it, it really is this fantastic place uh, where everybody, again, who's responsible enough to be part of it, is welcome, and they're not breaking any of the rules. And of course, the government wants to force uh, a number of these people to give up their property. Uh, you know under the threat of, of penalty, which isn't right, but, you know, and they want to spend a ridiculous amount of tax dollars to do it. And of course, bring me right back full circle to Mike. Mike says, you know what? We need body cameras. After that girl fell off that balcony in Toronto, uh, he said, for God's sakes, buy body cams. And, you know, and he was really passionate about it. Like, I mean, it would, it would spare us this, uh, this uncertainty. Uh, th there's so much better benefit from body cams. Well, the and, false accusations. Yeah, the false accusations, you know, and, 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 and to hear someone say that, you know, another person to him, that, uh, you know, Hamilton has always been resistant to the idea of body cams, and Mike's response was, no, it's always been a function of cost. It's cost. Does that, now, would that be something they would have to run past the union? Would the union have to be okay with body cams? Or is that just something that the, the employer can arbitrarily say, this is starting September, you were wearing a body cam, you don't have a choice? You know, the, the association, um, I'm not going to say that they're useless, but uh, in my experience, you know, if the boss said that this is the way it's going to be, then that was the way it was going to be. Um, I, I could tell you that there were a lot of people that complained about GPS on police cruisers. They said it was a public, uh, well, an officer safety, rather, issue. Right. Um, you know, if that were true, then the GPSs would be in the radios, because you leave your car and you run after people, and when you need help the most, you're 
you're away from the car. And so, you know, but you're it, not going to be that far from your car. You know, hopefully not. Uh, I've been on some foot chases that went uh, a fair distance. I, re- I doesn't count. Know, I remember. No, I remember one that actually was like one kid, Vic. I'll tell you, man, he ran two and a half kilometers after this guy. Two and a half. We measured it. He wrote, he ran two and a half kilometers. And I, you know what I laughed? That's a good chase. He caught up to him. Okay. He didn't give up. He caught up to him. And I got to say it. I, I looked at him. I said, that's a good run. Right. Like you ran that whole way. He's like, yeah, bud. Right? I was like, holy cow. You got steam for days. Right. Like he, he chased him down. That's pretty impressive. Oh. With duty belt and everything. I told him, I said, you parked your car too far away, man. <laughs> yeah. That was, you know, but but back to the body cams though. Mike is going on and saying, you know, we need body cams, and it's a function of cost. And you know what my comment to him was? I said, I happen to know where the government is going to waste about $6 billion <laughs> that is completely unnecessary that would probably be better served getting getting cameras on everybody. Yeah, think about think about that six. That very conservative figure of six hundred million. Oh, you know it's not going right? to be anywhere near that. It's going to be ridiculous. And you know what's funny is you know what? Still, all I could get out of bike was a happy face. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got, yeah, I don't know. He's don't got, know he's guy. got, he's got it in his head. And you know, for some people, it's always going to be that way, and that's fine. But I can tell you, there are a growing number of people out there in Canada that are uh, starting to really appreciate firearms. I want to give, I want to give people some hope at the end of this podcast because I got to tell you, I've been standing in a lot of lines. Uh, I've been making conversation with a lot of people. I can tell you right now, uh, I have no difficulty at all uh, striking up a conversation with somebody while I sit in the lineup at the post. Yeah, you do that quite a bit. I, I do. I can't do that. Oh, it's, you know what? It's not too hard. You know, all you got to do is look at the person across you and say, how you doing? No, hey. not, it's not, it's not that it's hard. It's, it's being from Hamilton. I, I kind of figure that they're, it, they're it's scary. They're, no, that they kind of like not taking you seriously or it's like, why is this guy talking to me kind of thing? No, or, you know what? I guess it's all in your delivery. You know, like I, I, I like talking to cashiers and, uh, certainly yeah, I've had, that. yeah, you know what? I'm not, I'm not afraid to talk to somebody behind the counter and, uh, certainly I'm not above making conversation. And I always ask the same question, you know, how are you, sur- how are you surviving Corona season? Yeah. And you know, some people are talking from behind masks. Some people have designer masks on. I mean, there, there's some cute stuff going on. Um, you know, some people lift their masks to talk to me, which is really kind of funny, but you know, to to strike up a conversation doesn't take much and what you'll be surprised by are the number of people that are standing around saying this government is shit I was really surprised like everywhere I go you know I'll have I'll have some conversation and it will usually end with like these guys we got to vote them out first chance we get and, and like I mean this is them telling me I'm like yeah like I mean like it's good to hear um, you know a, a lot of people out there seem to be sharing um, you know, similar uh, similar interest in politics these days. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many times people have told me, like, do you know they paid the media? And I'm like, yeah. Like, like they, they actually have a committee dedicated to dispensing, you know, uh, $585 million of our tax dollars to the media groups. And, you know, at one point, I think it's $1.6 for the CBC. Like, I mean, what? That's crazy. The, it's and, and nuts. $1.6 billion and... and- the CBC's content is garbage. Oh, Other than, I guess, if you like hockey or whatever, I don't even know if they still do hockey. I don't watch the CBC. There's, I don't. There's nothing on there. I think the last time I watched it, I was in grade six, and it was a Winterland Who's Who about the 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 woodchuck, the little two minute. 
wildlife snippets that they educate you about with the woodchuck or the arctic fox or something like that and that was the last time i watched really? cbc well you know I, I think a lot of people still do watch it or there's there's a number of people that still watch it well but I'm, I'm certain finding, demographic certain i'm sure demographics but i can tell you i can tell you right now that there's a lot of people out there that uh seem to be pretty switched on i'm pleasantly surprised that's good at the number of conversations i've had where people have said like you know yeah you know this government and they're shaking their heads and i mean some people are talking behind like blast shields <laughs> you know and they're like I, i'm so like this one lady she was awesome she said i'm so done with it and of course you know to have a conversation with people and say like look you know like have you seen the numbers the recent numbers from the cdc like they're saying like this thing kills less than you know two percent and you know they're they're kind of shrugging their shoulders sometimes at me but mo like most of the time though they're like i know it's stupid like like it's not that it's not real it's that it affects you know people that um, are already compromised or you know perhaps potentially checking themselves out and, and so i think a lot of people clued into that and just as i got the feeling that everybody seemed to be switching on and saying this is nonsense you know that's when the riots start have you ever noticed the timing of things like I mean, you, you're 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 seeing Joe Biden. He says, you know, if you don't vote for Creepy me, Joe. if you don't vote for me, you ain't black, right? Like yeah. when he when he said that, I was like, I, I put my I did the face palm. I'm like, I, I like, yeah. How do you? I, how do you come back from that? Of course, you know, like so many people got up there and said, so I'm not black. And it's like, come on. Like, I, I couldn't believe that he had done something boneheaded, so boneheaded. I don't get, yeah. Like, I, and to think that he's leading in the polls. Like, I mean, when I saw those numbers, how I was is that like. possible? Well, I'm sure, you know, it's like, it's like the. Uh, it's like the uh, the uh, poll that they did. Eight out of ten Canadians want gun oh, control, it's one of more the gun polls. controls, right? You know, there's just the Angus Reid poll, right? Sixteen hundred people yeah. pulled pulled in where downtown, like yeah. Toronto. Yeah. You know, the Angus Reid poll said, you know, eight out of ten or six out of ten Canadians. I like, I mean, the fact that they did it in that area, and they still only got that number of people going for it, says something. You know, there are a number. They must have gotten a couple by accident. I'm, I'm sure they would have loved to have said 10 out of 10 people, you know, want more gun control. But the truth is, is every survey we see is like grossly in favor of people that are saying this isn't right. Yeah. You know, the uh, petition soared, you know, up to about 200 and what, 20,000. And I bet you those, I bet you there's a heck of a lot more in if, if I'm missing something, please, somebody please post it in, in the comments and point it out. But I bet you the ones that are posted online are a lot more, there's a lot more validity to them than the ones that, that, that where you see 1,600 people. Because, oh. like, I don't know, like, that, that survey could have been deliberately sent to people versus something that just posted online and anybody has access to it, right? Deliber which is, which is how you th would think a, a survey should be done. Deliber deliberately sent. You know, speaking of deliberately... <laughs> You see that uh, that flyer that's circulating, the one that says, uh, "Yeah, you got to give up your guns." They sent they sent. Well, they're sending all legal gun owners. Um, oh, that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That letter. I think a lot of people are using those to line their bird cages. I've seen. I what one person described it as the, the fanciest toilet paper she had ever seen. I'm, I'm going to hang on <laughs> to mine, and when we win the lawsuit, I'm going to send it back. And you know what? I I haven't decided yet what to do with mine. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of comical. I, I you know I almost want to tell people to send it back to their member of parliament. You know, unopened, you know, redirect it to your member of parliament so that they know 
you know, that's one that's one way to take the sting, you know, out of things. I think that everybody uh, everybody should let their member of parliament know that they're very unhappy about this. So that would be my recommendation to most people. Um, you know, I think that it's real easy to just put it in a different envelope. You know, you can read it. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. It should remind you of how wrong they are for doing this to us. Either uh, that or, you know, maybe there's a little motivation if it works for you. Stick it to the side of the fridge so you have to look at it every day. You know, whatever you decide to do with it, and I've seen everything from people lighting them on fire to yeah. to throwing them in the trash can and slamming the lid yeah, on top yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, you know, there there have definitely been some pretty creative uh, ways of treating that particular document. Yes, there have been. Yeah, you know, you can't blame people for feeling uh, you know terribly victimized, Bill. Anyway, on that note, I'm going to uh, call it a night because I think we've been at this for about an hour and a half, and that's yeah, probably getting... as much time as people want to listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway folks all right uh we're so glad you joined us tonight don't forget to like and subscribe to us on youtube and on instagram and as always canada don't forget to shoot straight stay safe